Come on, we are in the house of the Lord. Come on. You're probably wondering, where'd Pastor Josh go? <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Chow, and I am one of the pastors here at Highlight Church, and uh, I actually lead the Connections team here, and today I have the privilege and the opportunity of getting into the Word with you guys. Come on, celebrate. And uh, what a joy it is to be here with you all, and a little bit about myself uh, if you guys don't know who, who I am or our story is, uh, my wife and I, we actually moved here in 2016 to help start Highlight Church, and my wife's actually at the front row over here, Krizia, everyone, Krizia Tran. Yeah. So Krizia leads the, uh, the, the kids department, our Highlight Church kids ministry, and uh, we have the honor of raising a, a one-year-old daughter, she just turned one-year-old, uh, Elena Tran. So uh, yeah, we just are so honored that we get a chance to just be here with you all. And so, yeah, today we're going to be in a brand new series, Brother James, and my goodness, how was that uh, intro video with, uh, uh, from the creative? Let's celebrate that. Amen. Like, it's like when, when Rashawn's like speaking and when he's taking notes, I'm like, yeah, so be, be ready to take some good notes here today. Uh, but we're going to be, as a church, going through the letter of James together and uh, as Pastor mentioned, we're going to have a lot of great speakers coming up. And I just encourage you, you don't want to miss out on a week. Because I believe that as you stick it through through this series, that God has the ability just to transform uh, your, your faith walk. All right? And what I want to do is give you an overview of what we're going to be doing today as a church. Uh, we're going to be in James chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be breaking it down into small chunks, into small segments. And we're going to digest it together. And you're going to notice that James, right off the bat, is going to hit on a topic of faith and endurance. Faith and endurance. And so what I want to do is I want to give you some key principles that you can learn from James and that you can practically apply in your lives today. But I think what is going to be healthy before we get into uh, James is to give you guys the context of James and give you guys the the background on, on how James came to be. So within scripture, one of the things that we have to navigate through is uh, just common names, right? James was a very uh, popular name in, in that time, and it still is today. And matter of fact, even uh, Jesus had two disciples, two apostles that were, were James, right? You had James, of, uh, son of Alphaeus, and then James, son of Zebedee. And we believe that the author that we're reading into the, the letter of James today is the half-brother of Jesus, Hence the title, Brother James, Brother James. And you're probably sitting there, you're like, wait a second. Like, Jesus had a brother? I had that thought initially, too, when I was starting to grow on my faith. But as we go through uh, the story of Jesus, we actually uh, find some passages where it talks about the, the family of Jesus. Uh, in, in Mark chapter 6, verse 3, and also in Matthew chapter 13, verse 55, it accounts for Jesus' family. And uh, here we have both of these authors saying how Jesus was doing his ministry. He's going town to town, healing people, speaking to people. And he eventually ended up in his hometown of Nazareth. And the people there were listening to him speak, and they're like, hey, isn't this the son of the carpenter? We know his mom, Mary, and we know his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, along with his sisters. So we, we believe that the author of this book was James, his, the, the oldest of Joseph and Mary. And remember, I said half-brothers, so that lets us know that they shared the same mom, Mary. But as we find out within Scripture that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, right. 
And Joseph was the biological father of James. And why we frame that up this way is because listening to James, reading James, we're going to get a unique perspective. Reason being is because he grew up with Jesus. He was around Jesus the longest. So I want you to have that filter as we, as we go through his story, as we go through his letter. James was also a prominent early leader in the church when it first got started. So James was known as a, a pillar of faith, and he led with wisdom and, and courage as he led the early mother church in Jerusalem. And during this time, there was extreme forms of persecution. And James was writing this letter because, because of this persecution, the believers in Jerusalem had to disperse. They had to flee from Jerusalem and go to different areas. And so why I point that out is because James's letter is different from Paul's letter as we read in Scripture. So Paul, when he was writing the, the, the Scriptures, his letters were addressed to one specific church that dealt with a specific problem within their community, whereas James, he wrote to all believers. And so that's why no matter what community, no matter what uh, uh, believer you are, James is practical for us today. And how James had constructed his, his letter was in forms of short speeches, wisdom speeches. There's a lot of metaphors and one-liners. And it's really meant to uh, go through it slowly and to meditate on it and to go slow. Because uh, different books within the Bible, you're meant to take your time reading it, such as uh, Ecclesiastes or, or Proverbs. And James is no different from reading it slow. And James' goal wasn't to teach new theological information, but rather he wants to get into our day-to-day walk with Christ, our day-to-day faith walk with Jesus. So I believe that as you continue to stick it through for the rest of uh, just this series, as we go through James together, God has just, uh, his heart is to transform you through his word today. And so with that, let's go ahead and pray together as we approach God's word. Amen? All right, so go ahead and close your eyes and join me in prayer. God, we thank you for this moment, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity, Jesus, to get into your word. Father, I pray that your scripture would speak for itself. And you declare, Father, that when you release your word, when you send it out, Lord, it always produces fruit. And it will accomplish everything that you want it to. And it will prosper everywhere you send it. So let it be so today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all ready? Okay, let's go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Greetings from James. This letter is from James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am writing to the 12 tribes, Jewish believers scattered abroad. Greetings. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For when you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Amen. I love that James is right off the bat, just addresses faith and endurance. And so if you're taking notes, the first principle I want to give you today is that troubles are a part of life, but necessary for growth. 
Troubles are a part of life, but necessary for growth. And I want you to notice here that, that James uses the language that when, tri- uh, when troubles of any kind come your way, not if. Show of hands here. How many of you guys have been around the block to know that trouble shows up at your door whether you choose or not? Amen? Well, for those of you that did not raise up your hand, I encourage you to get on I-270 North at 4 p.m. <laughs> You'll encounter troubles of many kinds. So, so you would think that after saying yes to Jesus that life would be all sunshine and rainbows, right? But that's just not the truth of the matter. And Jesus even said it this way in John chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. I tell you this beforehand so you can have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Amen. And the reason why we live in a, in a troubling world is because we live in a broken world, a world with sin. And the temptation is to give up when times are hard. Because it's much easier to give up on your faith walk or stray away from your faith walk rather than leaning into what Christ has called us to. And James teaches us here that we're not, we're not supposed to run away from our troubles or pretend they don't exist, but we're meant to engage it. And one of the ways that we engage our troubles is by looking at it differently. Let's actually go back to verse 2 here. It says that when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it, consider it. To consider means to see things differently, to view things at a different frame. It says, consider it an opportunity for great joy. So opportunity, what does that tell us? Opportunity is the ability for something to be something else. Opportunity is for something to be something else, but it takes work. It takes some type of action. Put it to you this way. If I were to take this orange here, and you're probably thinking like, man, is he going to eat an orange on stage? Is that, is that for a snack? It's for an illustration. But if I were to take this orange right now, and if I were to nibble on it or to bite it, it'd be pretty bitter, right? But if I actually were to take the time to peel off the top layer, I would find that there's a delectable treat underneath. And it's the same with our, with our faith walk when it comes to trials and, and troubles. On the surface level, it could be pretty bitter, but if we actually took the time to unpeel the layer, to let God do his job, it can bring value to our lives. Amen? Chris, I'm going to have you hold on to this. Yeah, no, don't need it now. I need it for the next experience. You know, one thing about, I love about my wife is, uh, you know, we go grocery shopping together. And she likes her snacks. I love my snacks. And every single time we go grocery shopping, we put it away. I always find that my snack has been open and it's half nibbled on. So I just call her the, the hamster of the house. Get up for Chrissy, everybody. <laughs> and you're probably sitting here, you're saying to yourself, well, Pastor Chow, that seems nice and dandy. And thank you for that illustration. But you have no idea what I'm going through right now. You know the level of stress that I'm having within this trouble. And guess what? You're right. I don't know what troubles you're going through right now. I don't know the hardships. But I will tell you this. 
James has given us handles on how to handle that situation, on how to handle that situation. He says it here in verses 3 to 4. He says that, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your faith, for when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete. Now, I wanted to make a note here. The word perfect here uh, is actually from the Greek word teleos, teleos. And it doesn't mean the ability to not make mistakes, but it means wholeness. It means a completion of a thing. Okay? And so James says that you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So in other words, don't just focus on your circumstance, but focus on your character. All right? Don't focus on your circumstance. Focus on your character, more specifically, your endurance. Your endurance. Why? Because when you grow in your endurance, you'll be able to handle anything that comes your way and that you'll be set up for that next season that God is trying to take you to. Come on, we celebrate that. Any of you guys like sports in here? You guys watch sports often? Well, you guys know the, uh, the Olympic Games are coming up here pretty soon. Actually, last year, because of COVID, it actually got pushed back to this year. So the 2020 Olympic Games are happening in 2021 in August in Tokyo. And do you guys know that at the Olympic Games, these are where the top athletes from all over the world come to compete right. at a very intense competition? Right, right, right. And do you guys know where the United States athletes, where do they train? Anybody know? Colorado, Colorado. And do you know the reason why they train in Colorado? It's the altitude, right? So the, the, the theory is this, is if I can train, if I can go into an environment where it's tough, if it's hard to breathe here, if it's so much pressure on me right now, what I can learn through there and grow through there will take me to the next season. So when I'm in the next environment, I'll have that edge. I'll have that advantage. I'll be able to have the top of my game. And it's the same with our trials. It's the same with it because God uses us to prep us for the next season. And the, the result of this endurance is that we'll be complete, lacking nothing. Right. Other words for that is peace, right? When you don't lack anything, what is that? You have peace in your life. And so if you're facing a difficult situation right now, I would encourage you to look at it from a different perspective, different perspective. Well, how, Pastor Chow? Well, how can I look at it from a different perspective? The second principle I want to give you this is during your times of trouble, you want to ask God for wisdom. You want to ask God for wisdom. It says here in verses 5 to 8, it says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God. Everyone say generous. generous. And he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. So in times of difficulty, you want to have the first step of asking God for wisdom. And what I want to do is I want to encourage you guys that when you do ask him for wisdom is you have to believe that he's going to show up and give it to you. All right? You have to believe that God wants to give you wisdom. And so let's go ahead and define wisdom. 
one of the ways that you can define wisdom is the ability to see my hardship through a new perspective. Wisdom is the ability to see my hardship through a new perspective. And if you actually want to take that a step further, true wisdom means to choose to believe that God is good despite my circumstance. True wisdom means to believe that God is good despite my circumstance. So it could be a simple prayer as this. When you're asking God for wisdom, you can say, God, allow me to see this situation the way you would see it. Show me how you see it from your perspective. What are you trying to grow within me in this season? What are you, what are you doing within me in this time? And did my actions lead me to this trouble? Or is this out of my control? All right, because I want to make a key distinction here when it comes to trouble. There are two different types of trouble. The first one is something that is out of your control. It could be a health issue or a loss of a loved one. But the second one is something that we did that put us there in the first place. Right? Whether it be the friends that we choose to hang out with or whatever action landed us into that area. But I want to encourage you as this. If you are in this room right now and you're in a particular uh, troubling situation because of your action, I want to let you know that God says there's hope. There's hope in whatever it is that you're going through. Romans 8 tells us, right, he can work all things for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. Put it to you this way. If I'm traveling to a destination and I don't know how to get there, what do I do? I pull out my GPS on my phone, right? And as I'm driving, oftentimes we make the wrong turn. And what does the GPS do? It reroutes you. Amen? It doesn't say, you know what? You're a failure. You suck. You're not going to get there. I'm just going to add two minutes to your trip, but I'm going to get you there. Come on. And God is wanting to use that to put you in the right environments, and he can give you the wisdom to to discern the two. And not only that, but he wants to give it to us generously. He's a generous God. And I want to give you a tip here for those that may be going through Scripture for the first time or you're new to the things of, of the Word of God. One advice I want to give you is as you go through Scripture, you want to begin to find the characteristics of God, things that describe who he is and his attributes. And the reason being is because when, when times get tough or, or when things don't work out the way you want it to, you can always go back on the goodness of God, his character. And when you know who he is, it can strengthen you in every single season. Jesus put it this way when it comes to God's character. Matthew chapter 7, verses 9 to 11. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more, come on, how much more will he love you? How much more, come on, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? Amen? Come on, we celebrate God's character. So we have to ask God for wisdom in our times of trouble, for a fresh perspective. And what I want to do is I want to give you three ways that wisdom can show up in your life. Three possible ways that wisdom can come into your life. The first way is the Word of God, the Bible. 
this book is actually a book of wisdom, right? Another definition for wisdom is something that you can learn, that you can practically apply in your lives today. So all throughout scripture, there are things that you can learn that you can apply into your life. This, this book here is battle-proven. It's been with us for thousands of years. And not only that, but it has the, it has the power to change your life. It has the power to change your life. The second way that wisdom can show up is through the Holy Spirit. Right, right, right. It's through the Holy Spirit. And what the Holy Spirit does is he lives inside of us when we believe in God, when we accept him as Lord. And one of the things that he does is he leads us into truth. Yes. Right? Uh, James 14, 26 says this, But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, the word advocate means supporter. I endorse you. I'm for you. As my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. Right? So the Holy Spirit will always bring you back to the words of Christ. He will always bring you back to the Bible. Right? So the Holy Spirit can give you wisdom. And the last, uh, last way that wisdom can show up in your life is through a spiritual leader. Through a spiritual leader. And so I wanted to just encourage you guys, this is, if you're sitting in this room right now and you're like, you know what, Pastor Charles, like, I don't have anyone in my life that is a spiritual leader, or I don't have anyone that has gone before me in the areas of faith. I want to encourage you that Highlight Church here, uh, we have such a unique body of so many different unique leaders here. And Pastor Josh shared earlier with um, uh, the Highlight leadership that this is a healthy house, and I encourage you to get plugged into what we call light groups. It's a small groups. And there you'll be able to find a leader that will be able to pour into your life, that will speak life into you and to encourage you. And um, when it comes to uh, this thought as well, if you're, if you're here and you're like, you know what, maybe I do have a spiritual leader that has gone before me, but I'm hesitant to share with this individual the troubles that I'm going through. I want to share with you that a healthy leader won't reprimand or rebuke you for asking for perspective. Right? Never have I ever had a moment where I went to Pastor Josh and I said, Pastor, I, I need wisdom in this. I need a fresh perspective. Right? He's always coming in and he's always giving me handles on the situation. And it's the same with God. Right? He'll never rebuke us or give us any, any, anything that will prevent us from getting wisdom. So if you're a leader in here as well, right? we're growing you guys as leaders, is that when anyone comes to ask you for help, for perspective, lean into that. Lean into that. Amen? Amen. And just a last thought on, on a spiritual leader, that a strong spiritual leader will also bring you back to the Word, yes. will also bring you back to the Word. They're not just giving their opinions or their thoughts, but every thought and every opinion, they can bring a scripture reference that correlates in your time. So what I want to do now is I actually just want to share a, a brief moment in time with you where the Word of God, the wisdom of God radically changed my life. So I get, you know, we can prepare for this message and it sounds nice and all, but you're probably wondering like, well, I want to see it in your life or how did it change in your life? So a little bit about my background is I grew up in Ohio, a town called Ashtabula, very small town. And you really have to go out of your way to, to, to know somebody or don't know somebody. And uh, uh, that's where I met uh, my, my wife now, but my girlfriend at the time, Krizia. And I was about 24 years of age or so where I just felt the call of God to leave my native land and to go to a land that he's showing me. And that ended us up in Florida. So Krizia's uh, parents were there, her mom and her father-in-law. And in my mind, I'm like, you know what? It's sink or swim now. 
right? I'm outside of my parents' house, and I'm outside of working for my brother. It was a really good job, but now I have to make it here, right? And I really asked God during this time to give me some wisdom from his word to grow in this season, because I'm, I'm, I'm a small fish now in a big pond, and I'm at the bottom of the totem pole. So I went on a three-day water fast, and God really brought to my attention two, two thoughts. The first one found in Matthew says that the greatest among you must be a servant. Yeah. Right? The greatest among you. If you want to be great, you have to be a servant. And the second thing is found in Colossians. It says that whatever you do, whatever you work, work willingly as you are working for the Lord and not man. And so my mindset is that in my, in my business, I'm in the spa industry, every person that walks through that door, I have to treat as Christ coming through himself. All right? And not only that, but and when I'm in this work environment, I have to put on the lens of a servant, meaning everyone here is more important than me, and I'm here to serve everyone. And so it was probably about three months or so of, of working at this particular location, and uh, just praise God, I had a different opportunity that popped up, and I transitioned out of that workplace. But uh, that short three months, I was able to make a, uh, an impression because of the Word of God, because of His wisdom. The, the COO of the company, the chief operating officer, and uh, Chris, you know this, he was chasing me for the next three months, wanting to get me back. I denied him the first time. I denied him the second time. No, thank you. I'm good over where I'm at. And the third time, he was like, you know what, Chow? Tell me what you want to do. Tell me when you want to work and how much you want to get paid for it. Wow. And I, I say, I tell this story to bring value to your life because this wasn't me. I got the wisdom on how to do that because of the word of God. Come on, we can celebrate that. So whatever season that you're in, whatever you're navigating through right now, you have to ask God for wisdom in this time, okay? All right, so let's continue reading here. Verse 9. Believers who are poor have something to boast about, for God has honored them. And those who are rich should boast that God has humbled them. They will fade away like a little flower in the field. The hot sun rises and the grass withers. The little flowers droops and falls, and its beauty fades away. In the same way, the rich will fade away with all of their achievements. So I think this passage here, it can kind of speak for itself, but I just want to give you just two quick thoughts when it came to this uh, passage. Number one, we can always praise God no matter what our financial position is. No matter where we are in our our finances, there is a way that we can always praise God in whatever season. And remember that everything in this life is temporary. Everything in this life is fleeting. Our possessions, our achievements, everything is is so fast. I would encourage y'all, if you weren't able to be here for our last series, White Robes, uh, Pastor Josh did an amazing teaching on uh, just a, a perspective of life and where we're headed. And so James here has given us that, that, that glimpse as well. Let's go to verses uh, 12 through 15 now. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong. Remember, right? We're going to look for the characteristics of God, and this is one of them. He never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drags us away. 
These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Birth to death. And so what I want to do now is I want to talk about the difference between temptation and testing. The difference between temptation and testing. Now what James says here is temptation comes from our sinful nature. Right? Another way to put it is it comes from our flesh. We're all born with a sinful nature. And what our sinful nature does is it, it, it draws us away from the things of God. It draws us away from what God wants for us. And what is the result? It's spiritual death. It leads nowhere, right? And the opposite is, is true of temptation is, is testing. Testing comes from God. Testing comes from God. And we all like to believe that, you know, testing is, a, is not a good thing, right? How many of us avoid exams and, and getting tested? And, and it's, it's no fun, right? But I want to um, give you a perspective today that testing is a good thing. Put it to you this way. Would you go to a doctor that hasn't been tested, right, that has gone through some type of testing? Matter of fact, you actually wouldn't even be in this room right now if the city didn't come out to test the foundations and, and the safety and, and the fire codes here. And it's the same with God. God uses testing in order to trust us with more. God uses testing to trust us with more. And God can't give us more if we can't handle it. God can't give us more if we can't handle it. And to back that thought up, it's, it's a, if you go to the story of the parable of the talents, right? He divvied up the talents according to what? Their abilities, right? So God wants to take you to amazing places, but if you can't handle the troubles that you're in on how to navigate that, right? He can't trust you with more. Amen? Come on, let's celebrate that. Amen. And I wanted to point out here, too, that the end result of our testing, it leads somewhere. The end result of our testing leads to a reward, a potential reward, right? James says here that we'll receive a crown of life, a crown of life if we endure, if we stick it through. And, and uh, the language here, the, the crown that James is talking about is a victor's crown, right? It's something given to someone who's endured a season, a, a trial or a marathon, what have you, giving you a victor's crown. And, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, how I navigate some difficult times is sometimes when, when I feel things are hard, when I'm losing perspective and I just want to give up, I literally just take a moment and pause. And I literally just sit and I meditate on just that victor's crown. I picture Jesus just holding up this crown and he's wanting to give it to me if I can only endure. And I'm fixated on that thought. I'm fixated on that victor's crown, right? The Bible tells us to fix our thoughts on things above and not below. And so know that there is a reward coming if you can only stick it through, if you only stick it through. So lean in to the season of testing. It's because there's value, there's a reward ahead. All right, so let's go to verse 16 here. It says, so don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whenever, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God, our Father, who created all the lights in the heaven. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. 
Out of all creation, we became his prized possession. Don't you love the language that, that James used here? He says that whatever you see, whatever you touch, whatever you taste, whatever you smell, everything, nothing compares to who you are. And the last thought and last principle I want to leave to you today is that you are valued by God. You are valued by God. You know, I, I love, you know, one of the things is, is, is how things are created, the science behind things. And one of the most precious things here on this earth are, are diamonds. And do you know how diamonds are formed or created? Through pressure, through troubles, through trials. But if that piece of carbon can handle that pressure, if it goes through a process, it comes out to something beautiful, something rare, something valuable. And I want to encourage all of us here today that we're diamonds in the making. And God is using the troubles that you're in right now to form you into something beautiful. You know, a fun fact, the word diamond actually comes from the Greek word adamas. And what adamas means is undestructible, indestructible, unconquerable, right? But it has to go through a process first in order to get there. And how cool it is that the word adamas, you can also get Adam, which means man as well. And so just know that here today, if you don't take anything else from today, just know that you are so loved by God. He sees the situation that you're in right now. He knows exactly what you're going through. And he wants to give you wisdom on how to navigate that situation. And if you can only endure, if you can only stick it through, there's a reward that's bigger than whatever we can think, ask, or imagine up ahead. And I know that God is imparting his faith and he's imparting his strength to you right now. And he wants to give you his spirit to help you in this time as well. Last passage here I want to point you to is John chapter 1, verses 12 through 13. It says that, But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. We're not all children of God automatically, but it's a decision that we have to make. Okay? They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. And so maybe today you haven't had the gift of the Holy Spirit yet, the gift of a spirit that leads you into truth, into wisdom. And the Bible tells us that this is a free gift. Salvation is a free gift to all that believe. And it's as simple as believing that Jesus died on the cross and that because of his blood, we are forgiven for our sins. And because of that belief, that faith and faith alone, the spirit of God makes his home in our heart. And so I want to give you an opportunity now to receive him if you never did, if you never have before. So will you just go ahead and close your eyes in this moment and go and bow your heads. And if you never receive Christ as Lord and Savior in your life, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And church, let's be, let's be in support, so let's pray this along with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins 
and invite the Holy Spirit to come into my heart. I want to trust and follow you as Lord of my life. Give me purpose. Make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church, put your hands together. Hallelujah. Wow. Church, what an honor it is to uh, be with here with you today. And I just want to close this out in a, in a prayer, a blessing over your lives, all right? God, I thank you for this time, Lord. I thank you for your people. God, I pray for your spirit of wisdom and support to fall on your people, God. Use your people, God. Bless them, God. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you soon.